Hi everyone, I just wanted to take a moment to thank some of our patrons for supporting us. Um, thank you to Sean Locke, Jana Loney, Dylan Beauchamp, Prozac Haven, Jupiter McIntyre, Connor Fox, Emery Silvers, Saffron, Neopet Graveyard, and Adrian Frisbee. Uh, and now on with the episode. I'm gonna censor out his name when I edit this. You should, because, <laughs> honest to God, I don't like him. I don't like this guy. I've, I'm sick of this guy. I'm sick of him trending on Twitter every, every like, week, and it's always about something stupid. I will say, I don't I like the MSMP. I don't like the MSMP fandom, but they are fucking prolific. If you follow the, um, you follow the AO3 stats TikTok user, right? Of course. Yeah, the way that, like, Dream SMP has made it to top 10 fandoms, like, of all time, it's, like, new. <laughs> it's very recent. How, how are you gonna be writing that much fanfiction? <laughs> I hate it. I hate it so much. Anyway, welcome to Lukewarm Takes. It's, like, hot takes, but worse. I'm Jack. I'm Ford. And, folks, I have some unfortunate news. Today, we had something really great planned. It was going to be hilarious. It's so We had two hours of talking. Two hours of glorious, glorious audio for you. We um, talked about Brennan Lee Mulligan. We talked about our opinions on monster fucking. We talked about the intricacies of the pronunciation of the Romanian language. Um, all these things are true, but you're gonna have to take our word for them. Because that audio just doesn't exist. It's gone. It's- it didn't happen. <laughs> um, I fucked up screen recording. But now we're on Zoom, derogatory. Uh, and if this one gets fucked up, I will simply walk into the Willamette River, and you will not hear from me again. <laughs> yeah, so we're re- I was about to say re-filming. We're re-recording. Um, this episode is going to be just news, but we have quite a bit of it, and we'll be talking about it more than we typically talk about news, because it's all topics that we have things to say about. Um, There's one that you sent me, and I already gave an exclamation about that. Yeah, we'll get to that one. I, um, I need to break it down, is the thing. We- no, save it. Hold back. Yeah. Um, what was I gonna say? Oh, first, uh, housekeeping. Things promotional spiel. You understand. Uh, we are a Brain Rot Presents production. Uh, you can follow Brain Rot Presents at Brain Rot underscore Presents. That's Presents with no E's. Any, on any little social media platform your heart desires. Uh, if you hate the idea of us being connected to any kind of entity and you want to just hear our voices and see Ford's friggy little graphics that he makes for every episode, um, follow us at LukewarmTakesEC on Instagram. Um, also, big announcement, our auditions are open for our audio drama Nemesine. Um, the auditions that we have been getting are sparse, uh, and we have plans to promote them on bigger platforms. We're asking uh, our bigger TikTok mutuals to help us out. Um, but if you want to audition, please do. Um, please do be mindful that we are only taking applicants over the age of 18 and who align with the um, race and gender identities of the characters. Uh, that doesn't mean that we're looking for, like, stereotypical voices in any way or just looking for like own voices content because it's a value here at brain rot um so if you'd like to please audition um the link is in our link tree and in anyone's bio that you can possibly imagine um yeah is that everything did i get everything pay us money um <laughs> we got a patreon and a fundraiser yeah, okay, cool. Um, what should we start with? Uh, let me pull up the list. Okay, you have you have a list, because I don't remember everything that we talked about in our news section. Uh, knives Out. Knives Out, Knives 2, Knives Out 2, 
knives more knives further out, as I like to call it. <laughs> Hold on, you need to get closer to the microphone or something, cause you're more knives further out. Yeah, that's bad. That's bad. <laughs> that was so terrible. <laughs> oh Christ! More knives further out. Is that good? Yes. Okay. Your voice was getting very crackly whenever you get oh. that away. I'm just, I like leaning back in my chair like I am a hacker who just busted in to the government. <laughs> I don't know how hacking works. Obviously, uh, it's exactly like it does in the movies. You hit some buttons and then you click enter and then you're in. I'm in. Sorry, I only watched one season of Mr. Robot, and it was when I was at the lowest point I've ever been emotionally, so I don't remember any of it. <laughs> okay. So, Kni- so Knives Out 2, uh, it, it has a very stacked cast. It has Daniel Craig, it has Ed Norton, it has da- Dave Bautista, it has Janelle Monet, and now it has Catherine Hahn. Yeah. So for those who don't know, Catherine Hahn was recently at Agatha and uh Marvel's yes. WandaVision, which she was incredible at. Like I don't Actually Agatha that. all along. Yeah. Haha, funny <laughs> WandaVision joke from someone who has not seen a single minute of the show. I don't care a lot about Marvel. I didn't even finish WandaVision, not because I didn't like it, but because I just lost interest. Yeah. Uh, but Catherine Hahn was great. Catherine nice. Hahn is a treasure. She's hilarious. Yes, and, and she's in Knives Out too. More knives further out. That's not the title. That's not the official title, but it's what we're calling it. It uh, it has similar energy to me as Thor Four More Thor. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. I just thought of. It's it's called Four. It's called Thor Four, but Four is spelled F H O R. it's so funny wait i'm putting it in the chat so we can admire it (laughs) god (laughs) um anyway knives out more knives further out owes me for that yeah Okay, um, I was not interested in the concept of uh, Knives Out 2, um, and, but then I, because I didn't know what it was about, and I was like, there's no way that they can continue a murder mystery that's been solved. We all saw Twin Peaks Season 2, even worse than Twin Peaks Season 1, and that's a lot coming from me. Um, but knowing, knowing that it is just, like, like an anthology style, almost, like Knives Out, or, like, yeah, Sherlock you know, Holmes, where it's, like, same detective, different case. That, yeah, I like that. No, I really like the idea of an anthology detective series. I yeah. Think Especially whenever it's as campy as Knives Out is. Yes. Because Knives Out is both political commentary and also camp. Because yeah. it's basically... Is uh, camp not inherently political commentary? Sorry, continue. Because it's, like, Daniel Craig doing, like, his name is he's like a detective named Benoit and he's like a he has a very like played up southern accent all the characters in the movie are like these stereotypes of like weird rich people yeah and, except for Ana de Armas's character Marta uh who who can't tell a lie she throws up every time she tries to lie yeah it's so campy and it's so fun, but it also manages to do a really good job making commentary about the way rich people see the poor as disposable until they actually get some until they actually get a leg up in life. Yeah, and the way that um like rich like rich people, their wealth will be more important than any other value that they hold because yeah. it was like the the like ultra liberal and ultra conservative members of this family put aside their political differences to maintain their hold on the wealth. Um, it's a very good movie. Great. Also, excellent Great. costuming choices. Great movie. I hope they do, I hope they continue that tradition of camp and political satire. Yeah. And also just enjoying, just being over the top in such a fun way. Yeah. Because it's so, it embraces the fact it's kind of ridiculous and that's what makes it so good. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I do need to watch it again. Um, I was in an altered state when I watched it, um, but I I thoroughly enjoyed it. Did not understand what was going on whatsoever, uh, but I liked it. <laughs> um, and I'm really excited for the sequel. I do think that when you were talking to me about it, you should have led with Ed Norton. <laughs> I don't know much about Ed Norton, except that people want him to play the Riddler so bad. He played um, the guy who's not, he's the guy who's not Brad Pitt in Fight Club, um, and oh. he's the evil guy in The Italian Job, which is a heist movie that I enjoy, because cool. I enjoy heist movies. I think, cool, uh, I don't know either of those things. Uh, I think Paul Dano should play the Riddler. Wait, <laughs> <laughs> you're right, though. <laughs> That's another popular choice. I'm just saying I'm I'm just agreeing with that camp. Yeah. I think Rami Malek should play every role. I know this and I think it's unfortunate. What do you have against Rami Malek? I don't have anything against Rami Malek. I have something against your obsession with Rami Malek. I'm not obsessed with him. I just think that he should be the only actor. <laughs> you have a poison in your mind and I'm so <laughs> Okay, um, next news. Do you want me to drop the bombshell that I dropped on you? No, no, no. We're gonna save- We're still saving it? No, I want to build up to that. Okay. I think we're gonna have a lot to talk about with that. (laughs) Cross Spiral came out. There's more- Yes, there is more Saw movies. Which, I said this before when I lost all of the audio. I don't know how they're still coming up with new traps. I don't know if they are really so much as reformatting them. Ah, I see. But I'm not. I don't like Saw. I think gore horror. A lot of it is pretty lazy. I'm sure some people will disagree with me, but I think, I think there's gore horror done well. Like I, I love Genji Ito, the body horror. horror. I love him. I love him. I love the way he does his work. I love. I. There's a lot of good movies I really like that use body horror and, like, gore in a very effective way. Yeah. I don't find Saw scary because I think it's just... It it doesn't strike a chord for me. It's just the kind of gore horror I think is cheesy and kind of lame. Right. You can feel free to disagree with me. If you like Saw, all the more power to you. I just don't care about it. I like I like his little mask and his little tricycle. You realize that's a puppet, right? Even better. <laughs> I know, I'm just telling you. Because, like, it's an old man. It's like an old man yeah. who's controlling this little puppet. On yes. I like, I like that guy. <laughs> Imagine this being, like, your gig. I don't care. For the record, I don't know what Jigsaw's origin story is, like the guy who controls him. I don't care. I just think it's much funnier to imagine he decided this was going to be his thing now. Yeah. He was like, you know what? I'm bored, and he got it from his office job, and so he's constructing like a little hellhole in his garage. (laughs) It's like his hobby. He has like a hobby shop of traps. Yeah. I was about to say, I want to see a movie where like, serial killing is just like, a guy with a 9 to 5's hobby, like it's how he lets off steam, but isn't that the plot of American Psycho? Um, That literally is it. I, I think American Psycho is such a good movie. But if you and every other film major. Well, and also Drew Gooden. You didn't let me finish. Okay. I think it's a great movie. But the issue is, so do cis white film men. Yeah. But the way they enjoy American Psycho is yeah. often very different from the way I enjoy American Psycho. Which is as a very funny movie and a very interesting commentary. Because the character of Patrick Bateman is a com- is meant to be a commentary on not only like the yup on like the yuppie like the New York yuppie businessman mm-hmm. who uh who who can like abuse his power and like gets around everything because he's white and he's wealthy yeah and he can do terrible things and continue to live his life it's meant to be a comment on the heartlessness of that yeah uh, but then it's also very funny because then you have scenes like uh the business card scene where they're all yes. each other's business cards and he's like god damn it 
this is perfect. I can't compete with this. I should have chose a better fucking font. God. It's so good. And then you have the scene where he's, like, explaining, like, Huey Lewis and the news to this very drunk man mm-hmm. as he's picking up plastic sheets to kill him. Yeah. It's it very- is an excellent movie. It's an excellent movie. I just wish people- I just wish cis men, cis yeah. film majors would stop. Stop idolizing Patrick Bateman. Yeah. Every every gay person is um entitled to one cishet film bro movie that they can get really mad about the cishet film bro interpretation of. I've chosen American Psycho, apparently. I have chosen Fight Club. My good friend has chosen Blade Runner. Um I'm sure someone out there has chosen Pulp Fiction, but I feel like I should tell you you're wrong. You're just wrong. Pulp Fiction has no redeeming qualities. Because, like, American Psycho is directed by a woman. Like, yeah. There, there's a lot of, in, like, there's a lot of layers about American Psycho that are very interesting, but Pulp Fiction. Yeah. Yeah, every, every gay person is entitled to a film bro movie. If you are a gay person and you picked a Tarantino film, I am imploring you to reconsider. I'm, tell- I'm asking you to pick another. Yeah, even if you pick, like, some fucking German expressionist film, even if you pick something by Eisenstein, that's fine. The bar is low. Yeah, the bar is on the floor. It is just, don't care about Quentin Tarantino. Uh, Um, Rounding back to Saw. Yeah, rounding back to Saw Spiral. If you care about Saw, and you care about Chris Rock and Saw... Maybe this movie will be for you. You got a solid 50%. Epic. You're about Rotten Tomatoes. I think it's a terrible metric, and I think it's ruined the way that people consume movies. However, I also think it's very funny to go yeah. look at a movie and see that it got the most mediocre score. And then oh. I also think it's funny whenever Paddington 2 gets the perfect score. Yes. It's true. Um, I remembered news that I forgot to put on my list of topics we should cover, but it is very important, and I feel like we should address it. Okay. Um, do you have anything else to say about Saw Spiral? No. Okay. There will not be a Golden Globes in 2022 um, because the Hollywood Foreign Press Association has decided that they will not be hosting awards until they can fix their racism problem or until they can set up better diversity guidelines for who is nominated, who wins, and who is part of the HFPA, um, which is the smart thing to do. Every other awards show and um, company that puts on awards shows should follow suit. This is coming from someone who um, gets immense joy from watching awards shows. I would rather take a couple years suffering through an awards seasonless world um, than sit through another Oscars that is like the Oscars exist now. Um, God, we do- the way that the Oscars ended this year. Yeah. That should be enough for you to, that should be enough for you to not, to just end it for a couple years. Yeah, taking, taking at least a year off is such a good move. Um, it's simply good. Uh, I'm, I'm proud of them. The Golden Globes have long been one of my favorite shows. The HFPA, um, is an organization that I really like and respect. Uh, and would proud is a stretch. Yeah, that's true. Um, with the let's let's go with a more conservative word, like okay. maybe like maybe uh, I respect. Okay, they're doing. Desire. Yeah, they're doing slightly above the bare minimum. I would say the Oscars is saying that they're going to do the bare minimum by creating diversity requirements um but i have not seen any updates on that i've just seen like we're gonna change things and then they haven't really um yeah but there will be no golden globes next year this is a relief to me personally (laughs) i know i know it breaks your heart that i don't care about awards at all it doesn't i if people don't care about awards more power to you I have a disease that forces me to care about awards shows. Most of the movies that most of the movies that are nominated, I think, are are so 
boring. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes really good movies get nominated, but they usually get snubbed. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter. Speaking yeah. of Dave Batista and Knives Out, uh, Dave Batista is probably going to be leaving the MCU. Don't worry, though. It's not because of like an interpersonal reason. It's just because dude's getting old. He's an old, old man. He's not an old man, but he's definitely getting too old to be doing action all the time. Mm-hmm. And he said this himself. I'm not calling him old, but I'm just saying this is his own statement. Yeah. He's like, I'm getting older, uh, I just, and I can't keep doing this. I will be in Guardians of the Galaxy 3, but I, I, if I keep doing this, I'm going to hurt myself, probably. Yeah. I... It is sad to me because I love Drax so much um, and Guardians of the Galaxy. Both volumes are so excellent and I cannot wait for three. But, like, I understand. um, And if they're going to cut any character, I feel like Drax is a character who can leave. Also, I don't know. If they keep going with the Guardian series, I don't know that I will watch Beyond 3. Um... I don't think they will because Marvel's in that trilogy, you know? Yeah. Because like even with Captain America, even though they're technically doing a Captain America four, is it really like Because it's not Steve. It's Sam. Yeah. It's about Sam Wilson. So I'm fine with Captain America four existing because it's like you got like a new guy, yeah. And also a more interesting guy. Mm-hmm. He's funnier. He's more entertaining. He's also not Never mind. <laughs> I'm not gonna air all of my grievances with Steve Rogers right here, right now. Um, so I really like Sam, Sam and Bucky's dynamic. So if they yeah. keep that, maybe I'll go C four. Yeah. I don't um, I, I. Here's my disease. Your thing is, I'm gonna watch bad television. Mine is, I'm gonna go see this movie. I know I'm not going to like that much. Yeah. I, even though I don't like Marvel. And I continue not to like Marvel. Guess what I do every time? Watch the next MCU movie. Yes. Not even because I'm like, oh, this seems exciting. It's obligation. <laughs> I feel like I need to be able to talk about this in an authoritative way. And I enjoy the experience of watching movies at a theater. Yeah. So, like, once a month, I'll go to the theater on my own. Maybe once or twice if I'm feeling, if I'm feeling generous. <laughs> I'll go to the theater, I'll watch this movie, and I'll come out being like, it was okay. And then I do this again next month. Yeah. I, the way I watch Marvel movies is really the same way that I watch bad TV, where, like, I will go in, usually with other people, um, and I will, like, thoroughly enjoy it the first time through. I'll be like, this is the best shit I've ever seen. And then I'll like walk out of the theater or like stop watching the show and I'll like stand there and I'll be like, wait a second. No, that was bad actually. (laughs) You know that Bojack Horseman audio where it's like, here, play with a kaleidoscope while I'm gone. (laughs) A kaleidoscope, I'm five. Shapes Shapes and colors. colors. Yeah, it really is. Also, yeah, my experience with watching MCU movies is that I go and watch all of them with a massive group of friends, and we sit in the back row and talk. Um, I am the annoying teenager that everyone hates at the movie theater, and I'm sorry, but it's fun. (laughs) I am the person that sits there in the very back, alone, like like I'm stalking someone. <laughs> I just sit there, and I sit in silence, and yeah. I like it. It's my ideal experience. I enjoy it very much. I like being alone at the theater. It's mm-hmm. my favorite. Because everyone gets annoyed whenever I go to the theater with them, because you and I both talk during movies. This yeah. is just an inevitable fact of the way we exist. I like talking about things as they're happening. Yeah. God forbid. <laughs> This is specifically to test. <laughs> I'm sorry that I talked during 1917, but I have thoughts and I need to, to share them. Okay? <laughs> I will not be shamed. I will not be judged. Our, our friend group at Emerson is a fun combination of people who must talk during movies to pay attention to them and people who cannot have any talking during movies to pay attention to them. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's just various flavors of neurodivergency competing. Mm -hmm. uh, um, okay, what next? Joss Whedon threatening Gal Gadot. Yes, Joss Whedon. Him. Have you seen all the memes? Like, mocking Josh Whedon's writing style? Yeah. It's so good. I, I said this, Joss Whedon is just the American Stephen Moffat, um, and the same way that I am not immune to Stephen Moffat, I am not immune to Joss Whedon. Oh my god. They make- they make men talk fast and say funny words sometimes. I don't- I hate that man. They but, make- they make witty dialogue and I go, ooh yes please! You said this the other day- you said this whenever we tried to record this the first time, and it stuck with me in such a way because it was so accurate. Which is, he is the American Stephen Moffat. Yeah. And that is the most on-the-nose thing I've ever heard about Joss Whedon. Yeah. I- and that's why I hate him. Because- Because <laughs> it's like, yeah, they both- they both are, like, very flashy writers where they, like, dazzle you with, like, quick wit and big words. Um, and- Hating like, women. Yeah, and hating women and highbrow humor. And the, like, as you're watching it, like, a good combination of highbrow and lowbrow humor. And as you're watching it, you're like, wow, this guy can really write. Um, and then you stop and think about it. And you're like, can't, can he, though? Can these he? These thre threads are about as strong as flimsy cardboard. Yeah. Someone I saw, like, years ago, I saw some post about um, Stephen Moffat's writing in BBC Sherlock specifically, and they called it, like, gold-plated shit or something like that. Or, like, shit with gold leaf on it. And I was like, yeah. Yeah, that's exactly it. It is. Um, anyway, he threatened to end Gal Gadot's career, which is a threat that, while very real and very, like, should be taken very seriously, I still think is a funny threat. <laughs> it is. A you explained this, and when I thought about it more, outside of like whenever you think about that in a capacity that's outside of reality and this is not to mock Gal Gadot's uh, no. experience because as much as I do not like her and as much as I would like to not see her in movies anymore I don't think having your career ended by Joss Whedon it's fair because then it's not because then it's not because you're a bad person which Gal Gadot is it's because he's sexist and hates women yeah I want if I get Gal Gadot out of Hollywood, I want it to be by circumstances that are fair. Yeah. Damn it. If you're gonna end Gal Gadot's career, don't end it because you hate women. End it for better reasons. I'm asking, and besides, having to have any sort of ounce of any, like, if Gal, if Joss Whedon had ended Gal Gadot's career, and I had to admit that, it would hurt me. Physically. Yeah. Now, what was I saying before that? Um, threatening Gal Gadot. Yes. Okay. Like I said, not to mock her at all, but there's something about hearing that threat that sounds like a 1940s, like, Hollywood movie villain. Yes. It's like, you'll never work in this town again. You hear me? You hear me, Sloane? You'll never work in this town again. <laughs> it's just a funny, it's just a funny turn of phrase. Like... Do that again and I'll end your career. How? Stop, you better quit stepping on my toes, buddy boy, or else you aren't gonna or, or else you aren't gonna work in this town again. It's just funny. I know people in high places. I got friends in high places. I you could wake up tomorrow and all your jobs would just disappear. It would be <laughs> like you didn't exist. I'd like to imagine at this moment Joss Whedon was wearing a fedora. Yeah, it. I haven't finished Hollywood, the show, um, but I feel like it is a line that Jim Parsons' character says in Hollywood. Yo, hold on, let me do my best Jim Parsons. Jim Parsons with his dick-sucking room. <laughs> you'll the joke for the Hollywood fans. You'll, nev you'll never work in this town again. Good. Thank you. How do you do Sheldon Cooper? <laughs> I won't force you to do a Sheldon no, Cooper impression on, on air. Okay. Hold on. 
you'll never work in this town again. <laughs> Plugged your nose! <laughs> easily for no reason! What? <laughs> sounds so nasally. Yeah. Um, but there were, there were threats passed around on the set of which movie? Uh, this is what hurts the most, too. Like, there's so many layers to this about why this is a horrible thing. Like, first layer yeah. being, like, threatening someone's career. The second layer being it's Joss Whedon. The third layer being it was on the set of Justice League. Damn. They didn't include that in the Snyder Cut. <laughs> Imagine getting threatened on Justice, the set of Justice League. Like, yeah. you're sitting there wearing the stupidest costume you've ever worn. You feel... Like, you can't tell if you feel cool or you just feel like an idiot because you're sitting there wearing the stupidest thing you've ever seen. Yeah. Um, and Joss Whedon. Joss Whedon tells you you'll never work again. And Joss Whedon tells you if that you do, if, if you don't do this sexist joke he wrote, you'll never work again. God. Oh, um, caveat to Justice League. My father watched the Snyder Cut. Um, he did not understand that it was in a different aspect ratio and thought there was something wrong with our TV. Um, he thought he was watching the regular Justice League, uh, and then he was like, wait, I haven't seen this scene before, and then realized it was four hours, so it took him three weeks to watch it. Um, and his verdict, the verdict of David Loney, 50-something middle school choir teacher, is that it's okay. <laughs> the, the ending was too long, in his opinion. Um, and he does not like Jared Leto's Joker, but other than that, it's all right. <laughs> please do an episode where we get your dad on here and have him review stuff. I yeah, <laughs> that would be. I would kill for that. <laughs> I want to make your dad watch some artsy, some artsy fucking film that just came out, and yeah. I want to have David Loney talk about it in his opinions. He he has good like he's our. He's an articulate man. If we had him on here, he would give some good thoughts. Okay, I just like... He would have insight. It would just be the insight of a 50-something-year-old middle school choir teacher. Exactly, and that has such dad energy. Like, yeah. the whole thing. Like, calling Justice League, it's okay. Yeah. That's such a dad thing. He, he liked the insight that it gave into the characters. This is the most dad shit I've ever heard. Yes. Thanks, David. Thanks, David. Yeah, I was the, or we can have a weekly segment where I just tell you um, what my dad thought about what he watched this week. Bring your dad into the room and ask him, like, hey, dad, what did you think about this movie? It was fun. <laughs> I'm going to do that next week. The Daily Wait. Update Corner. <laughs> write it down. Write it down. David now. Update Corner. <laughs> write it down now so you don't forget. The David Loney Update Corner. Okay. So on Tuesday afternoon, whenever whenever we record this, you're gonna call in David Loney. Yeah. Hey Dad, how is this? <laughs> okay. Um. Next piece of news. Finally, we're gonna transition pretty quick. This is gonna be a quick 360 here. To what? Uh, we're gonna 180, I guess. But Venom Two trailer. Venom Two. We've already talked about this. Bad monster movies for the win! Bad monster movie, great time. Yeah. And that's what matters. I like I like Eddie Brock. I like Venom. I think they're fun. Eddie Brock is so excellent. He makes yes. me understand the hype around Sweaty Bo Graham. Yes, it is. Is it a bad movie? Yeah. Do I care? No. It's fun. Yeah. I it's like I was saying in the pre-show how, like, movies... Movies that are bad have so much to enjoy and so much tongue-in-cheek um, that they are just, they're usually just, like, an excellent time. Um, also, the effects in Venom are fucking great. Yeah. Like, I don't, I want more bad movies that are just a good time. I don't care if they're the greatest thing I've ever seen. Can I pitch something to you? What? How, can I pitch something to you? What? Have you seen the Pacific Rim movies? Yes, I've seen the Pacific Rim movies. Both of them? I'm not watching Pacific Rim 2! It's called Pacific Rim Uprising! You can't fucking make me. And it's Oscar-worthy! You just said it's bad! It's great! 
<laughs> You're a fool. <laughs> You're running a fool's errand, boy. You don't wanna you don't wanna see Charlie Day be a little bit sad for a couple seconds? <laughs> I could just watch Always Always Sunny and get the same effect. God damn it. The man looks sad every day. Yeah, he's a, he is a sad looking man. He looks like he's constantly being he, he always looks like he's been run through a washing machine. Yeah, he looks- he doesn't look, like, sad, and he doesn't look- he's, like, a good-looking man. He just looks very down on his luck all the time. He Which is like why he does such a good job in Always Sunny. He looks like he's constantly bit- he looks like he just got out of a fight every time he comes on screen. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Venom 2, Let There Be Carnage. Yeah, it looks looks like we're gonna get more Venom and uh, Eddie content, like genuine Eddie and Venom content, because they're like living together and they're coexisting, and it's very cute and it's very yeah. fun. So I'm very excited for that, and I'm gonna watch it and I'm gonna love it. And if that's the first movie I watch in theaters, I will be thrilled. Venom is the first Venom is very much a rom com between Eddie and Venom. Um, that just happens to also be an action movie, and I'm really hoping that energy carries over to Venom 2. They know they're, why they're- they have to know why it was popular in their audiences. Yeah, and they should know their target demographic at this point. Okay, can I- can I- Um... Now you get to. Okay. Now you get the fun part. <laughs> Wait, are, is that all of yours? That's all of mine. Oh, um, the one, there's one that we didn't talk about, that we did talk about last time we recorded, which is John Mulaney. So many things have happened in that, in that high-waisted man's life. Um, he is divorcing his wife, the man, the, <laughs> the woman who he made a career based on loving, uh, they're getting divorced, um, uh, he just got out of rehab, and he has, uh, started touring and doing live comedy again, um, although whether you can actually call it comedy is de debatable, um, because reviews are in and it is dark as hell, <laughs> understandable for a man who just got out of rehab and is currently going through a divorce, um, I... Our, our take here at Lukewarm Takes is that we are only entitled to the parts of John Mulaney's life that he has deemed to share with us through the lens of comedy, um, and we should know that most of that is distorted because it is comedy, um, and the parasocial relationship that teenagers have with this full adult is strange and getting to be too much at this point. And you need to leave him the fuck alone. Yeah, leave him alone. Um, just be an adult, leave him alone, yeah, and uh, don't speculate on a man who you know so little about. Yeah, I saw God, I saw a video the other day that was like, I think that Anna was abusing John Mulaney for these reasons, and I was like, Why do you think you're entitled to speculate, um, or like have that information? And why are you just going to be posting on the internet about how you think this adult man who you have no connection to was in an abusive relationship? Yeah, like, what the hell? Yeah. Um, it's so... You go. It's so entitled. It's so... I, I can't stand it. I really can't. I just want... Yeah. Just mind your business. Stay in your lane. And if it... And, like, as a child of divorce, let me just say... They've probably been divorced longer than you realize. Yeah. I'm trying to tell you this. Hey, like, come, come close here. Come close for a second. <laughs> hey, I'm sorry that your parasocial relationship got broken up, but don't call John Mulaney a cheater just because. Yeah, you don't know. You don't know the whole situation that is going on with him and Anna and Olivia. If it comes uh, out that he is, that sucks. Yeah. But right now. You don't know anything. You don't fucking know. Um, and usually, divorce takes a very long time. Yeah. Months. So they've probably been divorced, or at least separated, for a long time. Yeah. And they're only commenting on it now because John is in a place where he can actually handle that information, where he can actually handle that backlash. Yeah. So I um, do want to touch very quickly on the direction of his comedy, 
because uh, this is a media analysis podcast, or we claim it to be. Um, I just completely lost my train of thought. Oh, uh, he said in his comedy set that he doesn't know if he can continue to do comedy anymore um, with everything that he's been through recently, which I completely understand. Um, but if he does, it seems like he is going to be more in the style of Hannah Gadsby um, or even Bo Burnham, where it's much more like existential um, and introspective. Or not, okay, not Bo Burnham, but James A. Caster. Um, Hannah Gadsby and James A. Caster. I think that John Mulaney uh, will, if he, like, releases this special, um, on Netflix, or if he keeps going, um, his comedy will go the direction of them, um, and I personally am obsessed with that, if it happens, um, comedians using their medium to, like, work through their own trauma, um, and self-doubt, that's fucking excellent, um, it always leads to very good art, in my opinion, um, I don't know, I... I am keeping a close eye on what's going on in John Mulaney's life, not in a parasocial way, in an I'm interested in comedians that I like way. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. The that he did say some racist slurs during his special, uh, and that was the part I yeah. thought was necessary to mention, because if he did say those things, and I need to verify that real quick. He, no, he said, he said racial slurs in a different special. Um, okay. Yeah, no, that's not cool. Why no. John. John. Like, it's stuff like that, where it's like... Yeah. It's like, I want to... F- I, I feel bad for you, but, uh, like, to some extent, but also, I can't... I can't support that. I can't. Yeah. It's gross. Okay, should we move on? Yes. Um, I'm skipping actually talking about the Bridgerton spinoff series, because I don't care. There's one coming! Um, it's focusing on a young Queen Charlotte. Um. In case you really care about that for some god- In case you want more people fucking to string quartet covers of Taylor Swift songs, uh, there will be more of that in the near future. Okay. Next thing- Um, which is terrible news, (laughs) is that the CW has extended to be, um, seven, like, 24-7. They used to not be that, uh, and now they are, which means there will be exponentially more CW content on the air and in our lives. Um, hope you like Supernatural reruns, hope you like CW's Walker starring Jared Padalecki, Eventually, run at the cave and do like a full CW episode. God, that'd be so funny. Um, here's the thing: they're fucking menaces. Yeah, they're, they're menaces to television. They ruin everything they touch. <laughs> they are a disease. Yeah, I feel like in in the beginning, um, the shows. Like a lot of a lot of the shows that got the CW to the popularity level that it is now started out all right. And then they made those shows the backbone of their network and kept them going way longer than they needed to. Cough cough supernatural. Um and now they don't know how to make good content. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Much like the Golden Globes, I think the CW could do with a year off, but instead they are piling it on even heavier than they were before. Yeah. Unfortunate. Um, What are they going to do when Riverdale's over? I don't know. I think they're banking on Walker starring Jared Padalecki getting more popular. Um, Riverdale's over because you know it's going to end. The cast hates hates their job. Yeah. Not as much as the Glee cast hated their job, though. Mm-hmm. But once that ends, and uh, inev- inevitably it will. Yeah. Uh, they're gonna need a new show to put all the pressure of the network upon. Yeah. I'm thinking it's gonna be the Powerpuff Girl reboot they're doing right now. God, I keep thinking that's a joke, and I'm going to keep living in this fantasy world I've created for myself. I want to live there, too. I don't want a Powerpuff Girls reboot. I don't want to see it. I don't want to see it. 
I simply don't care. I'd like to see any of the Powerpuff Girls make out with Jojo, uh, with uh, Mojo Jojo's son, because that's a cast member. <laughs> Jojo Mojo's human son, as played by Nicholas Deponi on TikTok. Wow, that's a lot of information to process. <laughs> yep. If I have to see one of them. Do, okay, are they having Mojo Jojo be a monkey, though? Yeah, I guess. Or are they pulling a Luther Hargreaves where they're just making him, like, vaguely sapien, um, but not committing the way that the source material committed? Man, I don't know. I don't know. Um, speaking of Umbrella Academy, uh, information regarding season three has come out. Um, they're in, I believe, the beginning of the shooting process. Um, I'm not sure, but the cast has started, like, receiving scripts and um things like that uh the writers are um intentionally not sharing the season three end with the cast members until they're shooting it they're pulling an infinity war um i do think genuinely uh the way the russo brothers revealed information to actors in infinity war um ruined the way things are shot forever um, the way the information was withheld from the cast was bad, um, because Infinity War became so successful, uh, and it seemed like a good idea for some reason, now more people are doing it. I think there are ways to withhold information from cast members that are good, um, I don't think that just straight up not telling anyone how your show is going to end when you're heavily involved with making the show. I think a bad idea. I think there's like certain plot twists that work like with uh like wh- whenever during the filming of the original star wars they only told uh the vo- the james earl jones who is making the vo- who is doing the voice lines that that's what it was yeah because uh, that and that makes sense because it's like a plot a big plot twist it's supposed to be really it's supposed to be really like a a big deal that it yeah but the ending the whole ending. Yeah. Well, I also don't know that season three is going to be the final season of Umbrella Academy. Um, it would make sense if it was because there are um, three collections of comics out at the moment, and each season so far has been vaguely based on each collection. Um, vaguely. Season one being Apocalypse Suite, season two being Dallas, season three uh, ostensibly being Hotel Oblivion. Um, as a Umbrella Academy comics connoisseur, they haven't done the best of jobs keeping to that. Um, but I don't know. Um, I'm just, I'm just mad that they won't tell their own cast how their show is ending, especially in a series that doesn't rely too hard on plot twists, in my opinion. Um, I don't know. thing to do. Yeah. Uh... I will be watching season three, though. I am not immune. Um, also, I really want to see how they, if they change anything about Vanya's character in response to Elliot Page's coming out, um, and if they do change things, how they change things. Um, if Vanya becomes trans, that would be epic. Uh, I do think that Vanya's narrative can be easily read as a trans narrative already, which I wrote an essay about on lithiummagazine.com. Sorry for the plug. Okay. What else do we have? What? You're still employed by them? (laughs) I took like a three month break without telling the editor in chief, but I'm coming back next month. She emailed me and she's like, hey, are you pitching this month? And I emailed her back and I was like, I'm sorry, Olivia. <laughs> um, okay. Next thing is the the um bomb that I dropped on you. I uh, <laughs> which is that first, I didn't know this, but they were planning a Torchwood reunion with David Tennant's Doctor and John Barrowman as Jack Harkness. It was going to be an audio drama type event. Um, It was going to be very fun. Uh, I don't know when it was scheduled to release, but thing is, it's been cancelled largely due to 
uh, reports surfacing about John flashing people on the set of Torchwood. Um, the quote that I saw was whipping his dick out every five minutes, um, and other various allegations. So, uh, the, the event has been cancelled, um, and so has John Barrowman. (laughs) (laughs) I was hoping you'd say it. Yeah, um, so, apologies, apologies to the, uh, nerd community for the loss of two comfort white men um, in one fatal blow. Why is David Tennant in the, lumped in this? No, I meant John Mulaney and John Barrowman. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Um, it would have been a cool event, uh, but it's good that they're canceling it. Yeah. Uh, wow. Uh-huh. The way that I was reading over that, it was, like, very normal news. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) David Tennant crossover. Okay. John, what was that about John Barrowman? (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you texted me what with, like, six question marks in italics. Yeah, it was what with six question marks. (laughs) No, it said... First it was, I'm sorry, what was that about Torchwood? In all caps. And then you said, yeah, lol, the quote I saw was whipping his tick out every five minutes, to which I said, what? And italics was seven question marks. Yeah, it really just comes out of left field because I haven't heard, I haven't heard the word Torchwood mentioned in media in so long. And then it was like, Torchwood reunion with David Tennant and John Barrowman. And I was like, really? And then they were like, canceled. And I was like, why? And they were like, John Barrowman flashed people on the Torchwood set. Huh? My question is, how did that come out? Like, I don't, I don't know. Whoever spoke up, I'm glad the victims spoke out and they, and they got their, they got their justice on that one. You know, with like John Barrowman, John Barrowman whipping his dick out every five minutes. Yeah, because that's sexual harassment. Yeah. However, I need to know how this came up. I don't, I don't know. I, I am. Like, what I'm picturing in my head is someone being like, oh, John Barrowman is going to do a Torchwood reunion. And then someone else being like, oh, John Barrowman, the guy who showed me his dick on the Torchwood set? (laughs) And everyone being like, wait, what? It's like some guy who was, like, some sound guy who only- Just, like, very casually. Yeah, who was only there, like, for a few days. Yeah, just like, oh, John Barrowman, I saw his dick and balls on set. (laughs) I mean, like, wait, hold on, Timmy. Hey, man, what? It's not what I was expecting at all. Um, okay, I think I had one more thing. Rekha's insane. Yeah, I had one more thing that, um, doesn't matter and has already been discussed on the official D20 Q&A show, but I want to talk about it because I love it so much. Um, if people are keeping up with Mice and Murder, uh, the current Dimension 20 campaign with the all-college humor staff cast, um, Reka rolled the nat 20 of the century in the most recent episode that forced Brennan to make ghosts real in his campaign designed around a detective disproving the supernatural. Um, (laughs) which is just so fucking funny to me. How did it work out? Um, basically, spoilers. It's a very late spoiler warning. What happened is Reka was like, I want to summon a ghost to walk through a wall into the secret office that I can't access and steal all of the information from that office that I need. And Brandon was like, no. Um, and then she rolled the nat 20, so he had to make a ghost reel. Um, so he had a character who, an NPC who was dead before the campaign started, um, show up and say some very vague shit and then disappear. Um, and so he didn't have to change that much about his plot, um, and he didn't have to give away too much information, but he did have to change, like, a base, um, rule of his world building, which is that ghosts aren't real. (laughs) Like, the whole point of 
um, the detective shows in that genre, Grant was pointing this out during the episode, is that, like, people think it's ghosts, and then the detective comes in and proves that it isn't ghosts, but now they can't do that. <laughs> and I'm honestly hoping that it turns out that it was ghosts that murdered Squire Badger, because that would be fucking hilarious. I think Brennan should change his entire plot, um, to make it more ghost-friendly. <laughs> What did Brennan have to say about it? Brennan sat in dead silence for about 45 seconds. No, I saw that. I'm talking about on the Q&A part. Uh, I don't watch Adventuring Academy or Adventuring uh, Party. Okay. Um, you'll have to ask my good friend Fox. Oh, Fox who actually watches it, right? Yeah, Fox who actually watches Adventuring Party. I The way that I consume media, um, not great for someone who is interested in media studies, but the way that I consume media is I watch the content, and then I do not give a shit about the paratext. Anything the directors or cast members say, I do not hear it. <laughs> yeah, no, I... The way that Brennan Lee Mulligan... Like, Brennan has a very specific way he reacts whenever somebody rolls the most insane nat 20 you've ever seen. But, it's just defeat. Yeah, it's pure defeat. Yeah. But this one was special. Because yes. You could, tell, you could tell that he was regretting ever letting them near that idea. He regrets ever letting her roll the nat 20 for it. Yeah. And it's so funny because up until that point, Reka had not rolled above a 15. In the whole campaign. Or like, she'd rolled higher than a 15, but like, usually she rolls below a 13. Mm-hmm. Like, she she rolls like shit. Um, but the one time... The one, the one nat 20 that she has gotten was to make ghosts real. She was probably just doing it as a joke, too. No, she was absolutely doing it as a joke. Which is how I play D&D. Um, I'm a menace because I roll like shit on everything that matters. And then I'm like, I want to roll to see if I can play my pan flute and make some money in this market that I rolled a nat 1 for perception in. And then I roll a nat 20 on that, and my DM has to be like, well, I guess you made 50 bucks busking. Um, based on true events. Uh, yeah, but that was just a very good moment in the D20 cinematic universe. <laughs> to me... To me, it wasn't quite as good as Allie Beardsley's Can I Roll a Nat 20 to Just Not Die? Um, and then they ended up inventing a god. Um, but it was, like, a very close second, maybe tied. Yeah, because, like, that gave us, like, one of the most iconic lines, like, in the entirety of, of Dimension 20. Like, that entire, like, monologue. Yeah. But... Everything about Allie Beardsley creating a new god was fucking fantastic. Okay. That's all of the news that we have. Um, no, no, wait! Uh, also, St. Vincent, who is an artist that I care about, uh, released a new album, I think two days ago now. Mm -hmm. Um, it will be three or four days when you're hearing this. But, um, it's very good. It's called Daddy's Home. It sounds like if- uh, it sounds like jazz music that you would hear in a jazz club, but, like, in space, um, in, like, a weird steampunk future. Oh, um, not steampunk, cyberpunk. So the Juno Steel soundtrack. Yeah, it sounds it sounds like if the Juno Steel soundtrack wasn't just like um mournful guitar music, if it was like actual songs, it would be this album. I really enjoy it. Um that being said, I do enjoy everything St. Vincent does, so I may be a little bit biased. Mm -hmm. Uh yeah. Before we give our recommendations, I do as an apology for losing the audio, our episode that we recorded on Friday um, was ranking on a tier list various Tumblr sexy men and monsters, um, and I will read you the final tier list now. I presented them to Ford, and Ford ranked them. Um, and I did such a good job. Yeah, so in... <laughs> Uh, I'll, I'll give you this as consolation for having an episode so late, and also one that isn't very fun, maybe. 
um, and then we'll do recommendations. So in the top tier, which is titled Unaces My Sexuality, is Cecil Palmer from Welcome to Night Vale, Doofenshmirtz from Phineas and Ferb, Lady Dimitrescu, who I named an honorary Tumblr sexy man from Resident Evil, Brennan Lee Mulligan, but only out of respect, neither of us are attracted to Brennan Lee Mulligan, and Robert Sheehan, the man. Um, <laughs> and for those of you who are going to question Doofenshmirtz, the man ha is a good father, and he has a good personality. He's not sexy so much as he is just a good person. Yeah. Also, I just, it, I would feel wrong because I would feel wrong if I didn't give him some place of respect because he was my favorite, it was, he was in my favorite show as a child. Yeah. I think, um, Heinz Doofenshmirtz is genuinely kind of attractive, but I have bad taste. Um, Issues. Yeah. In the second tier, which is called Pretty Sexy, not gonna lie, is Loki from the MCU, Megamind from Megamind, uh, Jack Frost from Rise of the Guardians, Mads Mikkelsen, the man, Hugh Dancy, the man, Venom from Venom, and the fish guy from Shape of Water. Um, in the just okay tier is most people. We got Papyrus Undertale, Roderick Heffley from uh, Diary of a Wimpy Kid, who I put a note saying that you get gender envy from, um, which makes sense, but I just put a note. Um, also in this tier is The Onceler from The Lorax, Jack Skellington from Nightmare Before Christmas, Timothy Chalamet, the man, Curtis Connor, the man, Will Poulter, the man, Tom Holland, the man, Ross Lynch, the man, Paul Rudd, the man, Bill Skarsgård, the man, and Robert Pattinson, the man. You do not have any opinions on any real men. <laughs> That's the way it should be. They are all- yeah, you're right. You are not as cursed as I am to care about men. <laughs> Because they're all bored. You gave me the most boring white men. I gave you the white boys of the month. I looked up a white boys of the month calendar for this. I put so much effort into this episode and then it is never going to see the light of day. Such a I'm sorry, but they're all boring white men to me. Now, Dev Patel. Dev Patel. Number one. God. In the category um, looks good but too morally abhorrent to go in a better tier are Beetlejuice from Beetlejuice, Hannibal Lecter from Hannibal, and Bill Cipher from Gravity Falls. Um, if I had been making this, Bill Cipher would have been an unaces my sexuality. I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> we know you're at a low point in your life. Yeah. And the bottom tier, which is titled Why Would You Show This to Me, Jack, is Draco Malfoy from Harry Potter, Elias Bouchard from the Magnus Archives, Severus Snape from Harry Potter, and Kylo Ren from Star Wars. Um, both Snape and Kylo have a note by them saying that they deserve to be on a lower tier, but there isn't a lower tier we can put them on. Um, then we got Benedict Cumberbatch, the man, Jensen Ackles, the man, Discord from My Little Pony, Slenderman, the man, I guess, uh, the Xenomorph from Alien, and Pennywise from It. And I want- you- it missed- I'm so sad because that- we lost the best joke we probably had in such a long time where I went on like a long- like a long rant about how- about how I'm not anti-monster fucking. It's more that I am anti- I- I don't- I am already not a person interested in sex, right? Yeah. It's complicated! Yeah, you went on a rant about the xenomorph. <laughs> yeah, because it's like- not only does it lay like chest bursters in your stomach and it has like a weird mouth in its mouth, which really is not a turn on in the long run. You don't so, think a mouth in a mouth is a turn on? No, because I'm asexual. How would a monster further unace that sexuality? I, my mom listens to this podcast. Sorry, Jana. Um, I'm also ace, but in a way where I am more of a monster fucker than a people fucker. No, I'm just a no. <laughs> Understandable. I'm a solid no, which is why I'm like, that's so much effort. I'd rather be a monster lover. I want to hold its hand. Martin Blackwood Kinney. I want to take it out to dinner. I want to show it it cares. I want to make sure I put the same effort in to that relationship. And I need to know, because like I said, the xenomorph, it's more of a, pr it's more of a predator animal. It's, yeah. it's more like, it's a very smart predator. It acts more like a chimpanzee or a raptor or something. It's yeah. very smart and adaptable. But it's not, it it doesn't have the same, like, consciousness. The je ne sais quoi of a conscious monster. Yeah, because it's like, it's a monster monster. It's just a straight up monster. Yeah. 
to be gained from that. And I want to know I'm putting in the same amount of work that it is. Okay. I understand. I want to get I want to get what I'm giving, you know? I understand. Once okay. It's not for me. That um on that note, that is our definitive tier list of various Tumblr sexy men, white boys and monsters. Um do you have any recommendations? I do Resident Evil 8 because I finished playing it uh, recently. It was great. Such a fun game. I highly recommend it. I hope they go I had very few negative thoughts about it. It's just a great time. I recommend playing it with other people watching uh because it's such a good popcorn game. And I mean that genuinely. Like it's a fun game where you can especially fun whenever you have other people watching you play it. Yeah. Uh so yeah. Cool. Just enjoy a, a fun horror game. Yeah. Um, I know that I already, like, just talked about this at length, but I do heavily recommend Mice and Murder. Um, it, ta- it took longer for me to, like, get actually invested in the campaign than it took for other D20 campaigns. Um, it's hard to get used to the fact that all of the exposition has to be delivered, like, through metagaming and not through NPCs and, like, actual role-playing, but once you, like, get into it and just appreciate that it is the College Humor cast playing D&D with each other, um, it's excellent. I love it. I cannot wait to see how it develops, uh, the second we get off this call. I am going to watch it until my own D&D session starts. I was going to ask if you still wanted to watch episode 4 with me. Um, I have D&D in 15 minutes. I'm not going to be able to watch a lot of it. Yeah. Uh, uh, in that case... Yeah, so we should end our our little episode. Um, again, follow us on social media. Uh, audition for Nemesign if you are interested in voice acting. Um, I've been Jack... I've been bored. And, I don't know, I'm trying to think of, like, sage wisdom to leave you with. I don't have any, because I've had to pee for the last hour. Go, go pee if you need to. Um, and don't get sucked in by Joss Whedon's writing just because he says fun words sometimes. That man's a liar and a shyster. Yes. Alright, we will see you in the next life. (laughs) Goodbye.